We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Friday, May the 12th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show, and I appreciate each and every single one of you tuning in. I see Travi, Bruin Nation, see Youngblood, Brennan M., James Kendall, what's going on? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there. We are taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843 790 Seven seven on the final day of TDC being noon to two on a day in day out basis, guys. Really exciting stuff in the pipeline and coming down the pipeline, if you will. But of course, an exciting day lined up. Of course, it's also game day as South Carolina begins their series this weekend in Fayetteville against the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Braddock eight four three. I see you as well. Thank you so much, my friend, for tuning in. Of course, as always. TDC and the Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down to the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And guys, you can play literally anything and everything. Got it over at prize picks so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go down the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code t-s-u-s to receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 be sure to check them out and tell them that chris from the spurs up show Sent you, GA, what's going on? Chris Miller, TDC starting Monday. In case you missed it, TDC will air noon to three now instead of noon to two. So we are expanding. We are growing. We are evolving. With that being said, Chris Miller, in case you missed this this also, the structure of the Daily Crow is going to change a little bit in that there's actually going to to be structure now, if you will. Obviously, before in the past, as the camera focuses in, Obviously, before in the past, this thing had just been kind of wide open, if you will, where the two hours were just, hey, let's just, whatever comes up, we'll talk about it. I went to the show, you know, there's obviously some topics, some subjects you want to hit on and discuss, but we really went into it with you guys control the show completely. 
With it being a three-hour show and for content purposes specifically, and these purposes being to improve the overall customer experience and your experience tuning into this show and tuning into the podcast specifically, there is going to be more structure to the Daily Crow than there has ever been. In case you missed this again, Chris Miller, our number one is going to be primarily yours truly just hitting on the topics that I want to discuss that day. Probably three or four topics, if you will, and I will probably have those written out similar to doing a podcast, if you will. Our number two will be a guest, which will air from, say, 1.15 to whatever time, 1.45 or so, we'll say. And then our number three will be wide open, your questions, comments, calls, traditional TDC. And of course, guys, there will be moments within the first two hours where we've got 10 minutes here, we've got five minutes there where we can take some questions. But you can kind of look at uh, the chat or text line uh, as the chat box or the mailbox or the mailbag or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it and refer to it as. So if you cannot call in, if you can call not call in between two and three, leave us a voicemail and we will play that voicemail in that hour, right? You can look at the 843-790-3377 as your spot to air everything, all your questions, your thoughts, whatever, and we will get to all of them in that third hour and really whenever we have a moment, right? I had somebody DM me this morning asking, is the entire show going to be on the podcast feed? I want to be able to hear the entire show. Guys, if you want to hear the entire show, here's the good news. The entire show is still going to be on the podcast feed. It's just going to be broken out into much more consumable pieces, right? So the it's not like you're going to miss an hour of the show if you tune into the podcast side of things. You're still getting all of this show, all three hours practically, in podcast form. The difference is going to be they're going to be in like 25 to 30-minute segments, okay? The call-in hour is going to be one a one-hour podcast versus you having to listen to listen to an entire two-hour show just to get you know your your fix on calls and questions and comments and stuff like that. So again, we're gonna we're not taking away. If anything, we're adding content. We are adding content. I want to make that very very clear. But today, hey, we're rocking as normal. Taking your questions, comments, calls eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Also, guys, Mark Ryan. Will join the show today at 1.15. 1.15, he'll join the show. Really, really excited to chat with Mark. Had a great conversation this morning with our good friend Pete Futak. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. Really, really exciting, guys. Also, the way that we air things normally on the podcast, these guest interviews, that's going to change, right? Because this is basically going to serve as the podcast. That's still going to happen on Thursdays. So Thursdays will be a really busy day for us. It's still going to happen on Thursdays. And we could change this up, by the way. I could air it on Wednesday or whatever. But we will air the interview in that first hour, that 30-minute interview, whoever it is we have. We'll air that as video on here. So those so those that uh, you know, want to catch that conversation, you can do so right here during the live show. And we will publish that on the podcast feed as its own separate thing. One-on-one conversation with Pete Futak at collegefootballnews.com. Again, guys, just trust me. This is going to make the content much, much more consumable, much easier to consume. It's going to be much more user-friendly, which is what I'm excited about because I'm all about now, guys. Like, what we do is successful. 
from the podcast, the live show, the merchandise, what we do is successful. But it's about now like putting emphasis on the customer experience and how can we sharpen things? How can we do things more effectively and efficiently to give back to you all to make the experience even more enjoyable? I think that is what's that's what takes you to the next level. I posted our Behind the Beat mini vlog just a couple of minutes ago. And you see, we went and uh, I met up with my guys, JB and Adam over at Fresh Threads. And uh, we're going to be revamping the online store. TSUS.store is going to get a facelift. We are going to focus on the products that are needle movers for us, our most pop popular products, if you will. And overall, guys, the merchandise is just going to completely get enhanced. From inside labels to outside tags to the quality of shirts we're printing on to the way that we... Uh, ship our merchandise out to people, right? Including like stickers, thank you cards, the packaging as a whole. Um, it's going to be awesome, man. And I'm really excited to put, again, even more emphasis on the customer experience. And I'm really, really excited, again, to give back to you guys. Because, again, I just think it's going to, I know for a fact, it's going to enhance everything across the board. Coleman says that I look clearer today. Well, one thing happened. Number one, I'm glad to hear that, Coleman. Um, on our video side of things, on my streaming platform, the Melon streaming platform, and right, I got this new camera, 1080p, I realized that yesterday, you can change what resolution you're streaming on in the actual platform itself. I was on the high resolution, 720p, at 30 frames per second. This camera goes up to full HD resolution, 1080p, at 30 frames per second, and... I did not have it on the 1080p yesterday. So that's my apologies. I also made some changes, some edits to the camera itself in the back end. Coleman, maybe I'll give you credit, my friend. It was you. It was you. It was you, my friend. <laughs> it was you. Uh, Braddock843, are you considering having Patreon membership? Sorry if I misspelled that. Maybe when you first get, you get first access and special deals on Merck in a member. Braddock, yes. I'm so glad you bring that up, Braddock. When you join... The Big Cock Club, you automatically get a 20% off promo code to all merchandise to use forever. It's a 20% off promo code. So if you like the merchandise, joining the Patreon is worth that alone, getting 20% off all the merch. But 20% is a significant amount. It is. It's a significant amount. Uh, yes, Lynn Turner, I do see your comments. You're on YouTube. Thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, in case you missed it, this show is going to move exclusively to YouTube starting on Monday of next week and really starting tonight because the live stream watch-alongs we'll do for all three Arkansas games, those will be on YouTube exclusively. Also, guys, I'll say this. We're doing the live stream watch-alongs this weekend on YouTube for the masses and it's something, obviously, I wanted to do. I really just came back from that cruise, guys. I don't know. I mean, not that I wasn't energized already, but I came back just really wanting to get after it and dive into everything head first. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do live stream watch-alongs. We haven't done them in forever. It's a huge series with Arkansas. You know, we're about to run out of time when it comes to the regular season. Let's go ahead and knock these out. Here's my thought process on live stream watch-alongs moving forward. And maybe this is something we'll do after baseball season because I'm not exactly sure, but I can tell you this, guys. In regards to my plans for the football season, and really just my plans moving forward, post-game call-in shows, they're a thing for us. They're, they're going to be a massive part of our content, and they are going to be absolute gold when it comes to content, because you guys know, especially during football season, as soon as that clock hits zero, 
People have got their emotional reactions. They've got things they want to say. And we will be here to facilitate that. I know that 107.5 The Game has their own their own post-game show, if you will, but they take like three calls, bro. They got nothing but ads, nothing but breaks, nothing but commercials. And then I think Gamecock Central did something. I, I, I'm not sure if that was a success for them or not. I think it did pretty well. But the call-in aspect and having people call in and chime in and give their thoughts, really, it's not even because what I'm going to do is this. It, during football season, the game's going to end. I'm going to record my post-game video, right, my minute, minute and a half long video. And then at 10 minutes after the conclusion of every game, the call-in show will go live. And I will say the call-in show, it'll last at minimum 30 minutes, maximum an hour. So either 30 minutes or an hour, it'll probably just depend on the flow of the show and how it's going. But it's going to be huge. I mean, it's going to be massive. People, I think, are going to love the call-in show aspect. That's going to be a lot of fun. Now, back to the live stream watch-along thing. As you all know right now, the live stream watch-along consists of you guys watching me watch the game. That's what it is, right? And me giving my in-game thoughts and opinions and analysis, what have you. What I'm thinking about doing, and maybe we could do this for baseball as well. Do you think a post-game call-in show would do well maybe after the baseball games in the postseason? I I don't know. Maybe that would work. Do people want to call in after a baseball game? I have no idea. I think they do. I think they do, but I don't know for sure. But where I'm going with this, we have the ability in the Big Cock Club Discord to actually do a live stream watch along where like we can watch the game and all of our audio is connected and we're like all chatting and conversating. It's a really cool thing. It's a lot of fun. If you've ever been in Discord, you know what I'm talking about with the hangouts and stuff. I'm thinking about during football season, I think what would be smarter is making that the live stream watch-along. So the live stream watch-along will become an exclusive thing. And also, too, guys, you can look at it this way. If you don't want to pay for SEC Network for the football season, if you don't want to pay for cable, you don't want to pay for whatever, join the Big Cock Club Discord, and you can watch the games in there with us. You can watch the games of your truly. You can get my live in-game reactions to everything. Again, I'm looking way down the road, but the gears in my head, as you can tell, are turning. The gears in my head are turning, to say the least. Let's see. Joseph, can we talk about baseball? Yeah, let's talk about baseball for sure. Sorry, man. I I get on a roll. I get on a rant. I get on a ramble. Um, And yeah, Chase, Florida, your point. If you're not in the big cock club, you're just small. (laughs) Y'all crazy, man. Ryan Dean, Gamecock softball taking on Auburn at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Let's see. Michael, with Sanders' struggles and Hall's injury, what do you think the starting rotation will look like next season? You know, it's interesting because I would have told you for the season, 110% Will Sanders is going to the next level. And Noah Hall, by the way. Both guys can come back. So I think they'll just have Michael. They'll have decisions to make. They'll, They'll have decisions to make. I mean, Noah Hall was already a guy who could have jumped to the next level and decided to come back. So I don't know what their futures hold, to be honest with you. I have no idea. Brian Dean, I do see you indeed, my friend. Logan Diggs, any info on him? I mean, again, we talked to J.C. Sherbert yesterday. I would say nothing nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Um, you know, we, it's just kind of wait and see. We'll see what he does after his LSU visit. 
James Kendall says, you better go get your PhD in therapy. Yeah, the uh, the live stream watch-alongs in the Big Cock Club Discord. Yeah, people be jumping off the ledge. We go down seven to nothing, and uh, <laughs> people be going crazy. People be going crazy. I love this troll account, by the way. Lewis Grant says, Erica said you made her pay for the bill at Henry's. Lewis Grant, I don't even know an Erica. I've never known an Erica. And it's so funny, Lewis, when people try to jump in the chat and, like, make jokes. There's all these kind of crazy things on social media. And I'm going on month seven of my loving, happy, happy relationship with the woman that I am confident in saying I'll be with for the rest of my life. Like, I, I think it's so funny that people, like, it's just wild. It goes to show that people on social media just, they got no clue. They got no clue. So, I mean, just keep the yucks coming, I guess. But uh, either way, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Chase Floyd, it's a secret. What's a secret, my friend? What's a secret? James Kendall says, see Philly going to be grabbing people off the ledge and dragging them to safety. Oh, yeah. The Big Cock Club Discord. John Edward is indeed here. He said, yo, just picked up lunch, wings, and fries. Breaking news. John Edward, I hope you enjoy your wings and fries. Where'd you get the wings and fries from, my friend? I'm just curious now. I'm curious. Uh, yes, please do not sleep on softball. Brennan M. letting me know. Thank you so much. Uh, softball taking on Auburn at 4 o'clock. Do you guys know the Gamecocks became just the second double-digit seed in SEC tournament history to advance to the semifinals? Auburn 2019 was the other team. So, uh, Gamecocks are playing great softball right now. Again, they take on Auburn at 4 o'clock. GA said, just because of John Edward, I'm getting nuggets and onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds y'all are making me hungry. That sounds delicious. Bro, I'll tell you this. Yesterday, um, yesterday, I all I had yesterday was like a smoothie, right? All I had was a smoothie. I fast. For those of you that don't know, I do intermittent fasting. I fast. So I had a smoothie at like 2:30. That's all I had until last night at like nine o'clock, dude. I got an extra large pizza, pepperoni pizza. And I'm not even ashamed to say it. I housed the entire thing. How's the entire, I was that hungry. So, do love a good ZA. Either way, we're not here to talk about ZA, though. We're going to talk Gamecocks. 843-790-3377. Guys, would love to hear from you. Um, Braddock says, I need to hit up that place you said was better than Zaxby's, Chris. Was it Rebel Rooster? That It wasn't Rebel Rooster. That's a hell of a name for anything. No, it was Canes, Braddock. Canes was the name. Canes was the name. Canes was the name. Yeah, for sure. You definitely want to check out Canes. Canes is very good. It's simple. Listen, it's simple. But less is more. Chicken tenders, fries, delicious. It was delicious. Either way, Cody G says a John Edwards segment would be awesome. Uh, glad to know we're getting good feedback on the camera, by the way. I think the lighting's a little bit better today as well. Uh, I think the can or yeah, the lighting in here is a little bit better today. So glad things look good on you guys in again. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Um, anyways, guys, excited for today and tonight and all weekend. Gamecocks taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks, and it's crazy. You look at the statistics. South Carolina is still across the board a statistically better ball club than Arkansas in damn near every single aspect. I mean, every single hitting statistic outside of triples, the Gamecocks have the advantage. And every single pitching statistic, the Gamecocks have the advantage. The only spot they don't have the advantage is the fielding percentage. Arkansas fielding 978. 
Gamecocks are fielding 971. Yeah, so, I mean, South Carolina, I, I would just say this. I've got Arkansas taking two or three. I think the Gamecocks have got a great shot, though. Hagan Smith will get the baseball tonight. Eli Jones will go up against him. Hagan Smith, 7-1 and one with a 2-5-6 ERA. So, going to be a challenge for sure, no doubt. But it's a great opportunity, man. That's just the way I look at it. It's a great opportunity for South Carolina uh, to, you know, pull the upset. Arkansas TBA Saturday, Sunday. I know it's because Dave Van Horn does not like to – does not like to give out his weekend rotation, I guess, if you will. He he, try, he likes to keep things, a little bit of gamesmanship, I guess. But, uh, you know, these two teams are actually very similar. Now, where they're not similar is their trends of late. Both teams are 36-12. and 12, Arkansas 17-7 and 7 in conference play. Carolina 14-9, and 9, but the Hogs have won three in a row. Gamecocks have lost four in a row. So, what gives? What gives? Again, I look at it as a great opportunity for the Yardcocks to get off the schneid, man. This is still a good ball club for sure, um, but it's a great opportunity for the Gamecocks to get off the schneid and, and, and make some noise. And all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden, if we're talking on Monday and the Yardcocks just took two out of three, I think the mood is going to be a lot different. A lot different. People just making stuff up in here. Polly Lewis, he dated my friend Megan. Left her with the bill at Wet Willies. Polly, I have not been to Wet Willies probably since 2014, I think. And I never dated a Megan. So, like, y'all keep it coming, though. Keep trying. You keep throwing names out there in places and locations. You're eventually probably going to hit. You might hit one. You may hit one. Not likely, but you may hit one. But uh, I don't know, man. People just have too much time. People have too much time on their hands. <clears throat> okay, Joseph. So you're talking about, yeah, Rebel Rabbit is the drink that sponsored TSUS. I think we may be doing something with them again here in the near future as well. So really great guys. Over, I know our guy James Kendall's a huge fan of Rebel Rabbit. Huge fan. Will Corbs says, we need a Raisin Canes and the Dirty Myrtle. Hey, how about the Dirty Myrtle getting a PGA Tour event? Congratulations, by the way. To all of our Dirty Myrtle folks who are getting a PGA Tour event. How about that? How about that? Love that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Cody G, you're funny. Uh, <coughs> Chris Miller says, it feels like this series is pivotal to keeping this season on track. If we could win two of three, it'd be huge. Get swept, and it's time to worry about seeding and success in the postseason. And, and Chris Miller, I will say this. Because of our recent success or lack thereof, this series is pivotal. Losing two out of three on the road to a top five team is nothing to be ashamed of. Like, if as long as you can take a single game, you take that. But because of what's happened recently with Auburn and Kentucky, we need more. So it's a tricky situation to be in because, guys, if you take one of the games and the other two are just really hard-fought ball games. Like, I'm not going to come into Monday hitting the panic button. I'm just not. I mean, Arkansas is a top-five team on their home field. Baum Walker is one of the toughest places to play in college baseball. They're supposed to take this series. Arkansas is supposed to take it. Now, crazy things can happen. <clears throat> They've also only lost, what, I think two games at home? Is that right? Let's see. They are 28-3 and 
excuse me, at home. I think they've only lost two SEC games on their home field. Um, let's see. I, I don't even know. Dude, I don't think they've lost. Let, let's see. Let's go back on their schedule. Get this. So Arkansas is 28-3 and three at home. Here's how the last couple of home series went. April 27th to April 29th, Thursday through Saturday, they took on Texas A&M. They won all three. Friday through Sunday, April 14th to 16th, they took on Tennessee. They won all three. The last time Arkansas lost a game at Baum Walker Stadium, Friday, March the 31st, and that was to the Alabama Crimson Tide. They lost that game 12 to 1, and they still came back to win that series two out of three. Outside of that, their home series prior to that, Auburn Tigers, March 17th through 19th, they won all three. And that's it. So, guys, they've lost one SEC game on their home field. One. One single SEC game. So, we knew it was going to be a challenge going into Baum Walker, one of the toughest places to play in college baseball. The Ardcocks are going to have their hands full because you already know, woo, woo, all that, the pig suey stuff is coming this weekend. It's going to be a challenge, but a great opportunity. But a great opportunity, no doubt. Yo, y'all are <laughs> y'all are crazy in these comments. Y'all are crazy in these comments. Oh my god. Let's see. Michael says, dumb question, but since TDC is going exclusively YouTube next week. Has anyone figured out a way to listen to YouTube live with the iPhone screen lot? I do not know that. I do not know that. And Polly Lewis continues, don't act like you don't know Polly. I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. Because, again, I haven't been to Wet Willie since, like, 2014. <laughs> but, again, keep reaching. Keep reaching. Uh, Joseph, Chris dated my mom a couple years ago, gave her flowers that blew up in her face and put her in the hospital. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Why not? Um, Jeremy Wardell, this is the type of series where they think they already have won and we go off on them. But yeah, crazy stats, man. Arkansas has won, or excuse me, they've lost one single game. One single SEC game on their home field. One. One. That's, that is crazy when you think about those numbers. That's crazy. Uh, GA says, how does Huey Magoo's compare? I'll tell you this. Huey Magoo's is very good. Very, very very good. Very good. Um, I would say Canes is better, but Huey Magoo's, very good. Very, very good. Chase Floyd, you have to upgrade YouTube to YouTube Premium. Then you can turn the screen off and the audio still plays. Guys, again, we're going to YouTube specifically because it just makes the most sense for the platform, for the show. It benefits business the most. I mean, I've told you guys that too. Um, I'll still be posting the links everywhere. But it just makes the most sense. It, it just makes the most sense. There's only one of these platforms you can monetize. That is YouTube. And listen, the monetization stuff, it matters. It, it just matters, guys. And if you love the show and you're on Facebook, can, can, you, can you lock your screen and listen on Facebook? Is, is that something that you can do? Because if you did, if you could, I didn't know you could do that. I had no idea you could do that. 
So anyways, though, YouTube makes the most sense. If you love the show and you're on Facebook, it is an easy transition over uh, to YouTube. Either way, guys, Arkansas going to be a really tough challenge. The capacity, 10,737 at Baumwalker Stadium. Going to be a fun one. Eli Jones getting the baseball tonight, TBA tomorrow, and Matthew Becker on Sunday. Also, again, do not sleep on the softball team. Do not sleep on the softball team. Uh, they are taking on the Auburn Tigers in the semifinals today at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. That's actually in Arkansas, too, by the way. In Fayetteville. Guys, we just dropped, by the way, our new Behind the Beak mini-vlog. Episode number two of that. That dropped right before TDC. And I'm really excited for that, man. I think it's really cool to, again, give you guys a behind-the-scenes look of just everything we do. And it's very easy for me to do. It doesn't take all that long to create, to make, whatever. Um, so it's a really, really cool thing. I'm glad we've picked that up and are able to do that. Gamecocks make top six for Peyton Lewis. <clears throat> guys, I'm going to get Mark Ryan in here and get your thoughts, right? Get your thoughts um, on this. But Mark Ryan has given his, his expectations for the 2023 season, what's considered a, a success, disappointing, a failure, what have you. This is how he breaks it down. And again, we're going to get his thoughts in a second. The goal, he says, is 9-3, second in the East. Success for this year is 8-4, third in the East. Disappointing would be 7-5. Failure would be 6-6. Six six. Where do you guys fall on that? Where do you guys fall on that? I feel like most, at least outside the program, view the Gamecocks very, very similarly as... Last year, right? A team with a lot of upside, but also inconsistency, right? And so, and I also do agree with them, by the way. You know, my, I'll drop my, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll drop my predictions <clears throat> later this summer, the week before SEC Media Days, Right? the week before SEC Media Days. But I do view this team similar to last year. A little bit better on offense, a little bit worse on defense, but as a whole, I kind of view it the same. I, I really do. I really do. A lot of intriguing things. A lot of intriguing storylines for the Gamecocks. Uh, James Kittle says, we should get a BCC pool and toss 50 bucks at those 10,000 to one or plus 10,000 odds on winning the SEC. <laughs> ESPN thinks we're a bunch of bums. I hear you, man. You think the Gamecocks are taking down Georgia? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Todd Smith, what's going on? Appreciate you. Chris Miller, this fall is going to be wild. Just hope it doesn't go by too fast. Got to slow it down and savor every moment. Chris, I would say savor the the quote-unquote offseason too. Savor this baseball season. You know what I mean? I, I think we we spend so much time, and this isn't, this isn't just in football, it's in life. We spend so much time looking ahead to the next thing. Like you don't enjoy, sometimes you miss the beauty of the present moment. Right. So just be mindful, be mindful of, you know, don't lose, don't miss out on the beauty of the present moment because you're so focused on the next thing. And, but for, for sure, Chris, when you get into the football season, I mean, the season just flies by, dude. It flies by. And I think that's how, by the way, you know, you're doing something that fulfills you and something that you really, truly love. Because for me, guys, 
my weeks fly by. I mean, I wake up and I'm like, damn, it's already Thursday. Like, it's already Friday. Like, and I think it's because we stay so locked in the content grind that when you're doing something you love, again, the time flies when you're having fun, truly. So I, I do my very best to, to savor every moment uh, as well. Joseph says, we also only had one home loss when the Auburn Tigers came to town. It didn't seem to bother them at all. Joseph said, but also our fans decided let's not show up to any of the games. I bet you Arkansas sold out tonight. Joseph, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that the Auburn series, that the attendance was lacking. Obviously, Joseph, you know I was out of town. So was the attendance lacking? I, I didn't know that. <clears throat> I didn't know we were having a problem with attendance. Um, we got a comment. Chris, do you think Mahoney not starting is just a shake-up? He might work his way back. Yeah, I, I do. I think it is. I, I think they're just trying to shake things up and change up the mojo, if you will, and <clears throat> give some other guys some opportunities. I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, Jack Mahoney's fine. Jack Mahoney's fine. He just just hasn't pitched all that great. And I think it's one of those things, again, they're trying out different things and uh, seeing what works and seeing if just shaking things up a little bit will help some guys out, get them back on track. So, you know, Jack Mahoney is still going to be a very, very, very big part of our success and a very big piece of this team going into postseason. But, uh, you know, I, I just think it's one of those things you have other guys that can start. And they want to take advantage of that and, and and just shake things up a little bit. And so that's what you're seeing this weekend. <clears throat> that's what you're seeing this weekend. I apologize, guys. I got a frog in my throat for some reason. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> Bruin Nation. Chris, do you remember back in 1963 when you didn't return your library book? Yes. I'm I'm still 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 hoarding it, if you will. Uh Robbie Davis, Texan. He says, Chris. Uh, Arkansas five, South kind of three for today and tomorrow, and we win Sunday five to two. So he's got five to three, five to three, five to two. Love the consistency there, Robbie. <clears throat> Love that. Uh, let's see. Coleman Hall, seven and five with a bad offense is a failure. Eight and four with a good offense is a success. Eight and four with a bad offense and big losses is a bit of a failure. Nine and three or anything above, of course, is a success. Okay. And I do agree with you, Coleman. A lot of it has to do with the offense. A lot of it does. And that's why we talked about the Loggins hire or whoever Shane Beamer hired at OC. It wouldn't matter who it was, but now the pressure's on Loggins, and it's so important because there is a difference, Coleman. You're right. I mean, Tennessee, I think, is a great example. Tennessee is a great example of why – how you win and lose is so important, right? Because Tennessee, year one of Josh Heupel, same exact record as Shane Beamer and company, right? Finished up seven and six. But there was so much more hype going into last season for Tennessee than there was South Carolina, even after you added Spencer Rattler. Now, you come into this year, you look at coming into this year, last year, the Gamecocks, trounce Tennessee. Granted, Tennessee won more games overall. We know that. But why is there so much more hype for Tennessee football than there is South Carolina? Well, number one, of course, history and tradition, we understand. But guys, the other reason is this. I think Tennessee is being looked at as like you can count on. They are going to be elite offensively year in, year out because of that system. That's what Shane Beamer's got to fix and figure out. Let's jump to the phone lines. John Edwards. John Ever, what's up, man? How are you? Good, bro. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? <clears throat> uh, nothing. Just got home for the day, for the weekend. Only worked half day today, but we just, I mean, it's fine. It's, you know, weekend starts early. But uh, 
I was driving, so I wasn't able to answer your question where I got my food today. I got it from a local place in Rock Hill. It's called Wing Bones. It's actually really good. Wing Bones, is that right? That's where I got my lunch. Yes, Wing Bones. Yeah, the the, the Yeah. Okay. Very good. It's 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 right. It's right. Really, it's across the street from Winthrop. So. Gotcha. Okay. Very I nice. Very so nice. yeah, um, been in my mind since yesterday. You know, we're shaking up the rotation this weekend. You know, with Jones tonight. Assuming it's Hicks tomorrow. And then Becker Sunday. I just, you know, I commented yesterday about, you know, Will Sanders wasn't going to be in the rotation anyway this weekend before we knew he got hurt, lower body injury, whatever that means. Mm. <laughs> Look, I hate to say this about a kid, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise he's not pitching. Does that make sense? Explain your stance there. Blessing in disguise that Will Sanders okay. is not pitching. It's not pitching. Well, okay. I knew coming into the season he was supposed to be the guy, the lead, you know, the weekend rotation, lead the pitching staff. But honestly, since he got back in the rotation, he, outside of three innings against LSU, and it came out of the game because of the rain, and then the game against Florida where he minimized the damage in the first inning and he actually pitched really good against Florida, he has not been what we thought. So, look, I hope the kid gets better, whatever his future holds, you know, whatever. But maybe this, you know, maybe a shakeup isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Try something different. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And Will Sanders has not been – he has not been great this year. That's that's putting it lightly. He has not been the Will Sanders we all expect to see. So, you know, I don't don't know if – I mean, obviously, I don't want him to be hurt. Um, I don't know if another shakeup is going to help or not do anything at all. You know, I, I'd, I'd be lying to you, John Everett, if I said I wasn't really, really worried about this team. <clears throat> Not right now, but moving forward in the postseason. Because, you know, we yeah. talk about making <clears throat> making a big Omaha run or what have you, and it's just very, very unlikely you're going to do so without without an ace. It, it just is. When we don't have that Paul Skeens mm-hmm. right now, we don't have Brandon Sprout. Um, we just don't have that guy right now. I don't know who the leader of this rotation is at this point. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate through it. But, uh, you know, realistically, and I'm not trying to make early predictions before the the postseason even starts, but um, it's hard for me not to think that's going to be the thing that holds this team back. It's just not having a true mm-hmm. pace. You just don't have that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, whatever I mean, happens your offense, season, but, you know. Your offense can only carry you for so long. You, great yeah, pitching beats yeah. great hitting. You got to have that guy. There's going to come a time. There's going to come a point where, especially in the postseason, you got to win the game two to one, three to two, one nothing, and you got to have that that arm on your side that can do that. Right? You look at 2010, 11, yeah, whatever. You had Blake Cooper. You had Michael Roth. You had Sam Dyson. You had those guys. You had those aces. And you just don't have it right now. I, Will Sanders just has not been it. I mean, no. I hope he I hope he comes into form, but he hasn't been it. Yeah, I mean, what we thought. So let me ask you this: like moving Sanders out before the injury, we we you know from what you know I listened to yesterday, he was probably gonna. I was listening to he was gonna be moved out anyway before he got hurt. But let me ask you this: why are they moving Mahoney out? Is it because he hasn't been effective? Like, what's the deal there? Yeah, I think just because he hasn't been effective, just hasn't pitched all that great. They're trying to change stuff up. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought. I just wanted to thought to ask, but um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Eli, you know, 
I'd say probably right now Arkansas is a tougher place to play than Mississippi State. But at least Eli Jones has pitched in a tough environment mm. this season. So, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm probably picking two or three to lose two or three this weekend. But that doesn't, you know, I go into every club game this weekend despite picking us to lose the series. You know, I'll go into tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday afternoon, like, you know, See what happens. We'll see what happens. For sure. What I'm picking. Yeah, for sure. John so, Edwards. So yeah, and I, I appreciate right, the calls. Yeah, always uh, looking forward yeah, to a fun I was gonna, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I was getting ready to actually hang up and go eat my lunch anyway. But uh, thanks for taking the call, bro. And you have a great weekend. Okay. John, John Edwards, you're the man. I appreciate it. I see, you, bro. Bye. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from John Edwards. And again, a big weekend. And I think again, it just simply put a, a shake up, just a shake up to the. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the rotation, and, uh, you know, we'll see if it works. Coleman Hall speaking very frankly on the Tennessee game, the Clemson game. We'll get to that comment and more on the other side of this first break, guys. Again, more of your questions, comments, calls. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Friday, May the 12th, 2023. Uh, By the way, W, who's commenting, I don't know why your name's not showing up. You might have to just change your YouTube name. I don't really know, though. I have no idea why your name is not showing up. Um, Let's see. Let me read this comment from Coleman Hall, right? We're talking about the the offense and the 2022 season and everything else. Here's what Coleman has to say. And I love Coleman. Love Coleman as a commenter, as someone who engages with the show because he speaks very candidly. And I appreciate people who can formulate an opinion and speak candidly and speak bluntly and speak honestly. Coleman says this. 
I'm going to speak very frankly here. The Tennessee game this year was a bit of a fluke. Not going to make a lot of friends with this comment. The Tennessee game this year was a bit of a fluke. We had been bottom of the barrel scum offensively and most every game prior to that Tennessee game. Further, we weren't exactly great offensively against Clemson and Notre Dame either. I mean, the sloppy offensive turnovers against Clemson, plus the fact that we couldn't score in the last 10 minutes of the game left a bad taste in my mouth that only winning could make me forward. Forget. And the 21 points from our defense and special teams in the Notre Dame game was all that kept us in that game. Coleman, listen, I, I think you make fair points. I really do. I think you make fair points. We saw the potential of the Carolina offense against Tennessee last year. But as you mentioned, that was one game. Was it a fluke? Was it just a one-game sample size where everything clicked? Can South Carolina even get 50% of that production on a week-in, week-out basis? That's the question. And as I was talking earlier, you know, when you talk South Carolina and Tennessee, that's becoming one of the most heated rivalries in the SEC East. And Tennessee fans may deny it. Maybe some South Carolina fans would disagree. But when you look at just the comments from people on social media, South Carolina and Tennessee fans do not like each other. That is safe to say. But again, people ask, why is Tennessee, why does Tennessee get more hype than South Carolina? Well, I'm going to tell you why. You look at year one. Both teams went seven and six. Both had first-year coaches, Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer. Here was the difference. The Gamecocks smoked and mirrored their way to 7-6, and six, you could argue. Beamer ball, turnover margin. All those things are great, but Tennessee did it with explosive offense, scoring 40 points per game. Hendon Hooker, an incredible season. People love offense. They love explosive offense. So coming into last year, Tennessee had more hype. Tennessee had more hype because of their style of play. Now, Tennessee won more games last year, but the Gamecocks took them to the woodshed. Beat that tail in at Williams-Brice. Still, Tennessee is getting more hype than South Carolina coming to this year. Why? Because when you've got that brand of explosive offense and scoring a lot of points and what Josh Heupel's done on that side of the ball, you're going to generate a lot of that preseason buzz. You're going to be looked at as one of those sexy teams that it's going to give you a chance to win in every single game you play. It's something you can point to and say, it's a hard fact. Tennessee, no matter who's playing quarterback, because of Josh Heupel's system, they're going to be explosive offensively. And they're going to be a real, real challenge and headache to deal with on that side of the ball. South Carolina's not there yet. And the hope is, and the expectation is, that Dowell Loggins is going to get South Carolina closer to that. The Gamecocks need to be more, be more consistent offensively. They're not looked at as an offensive juggernaut. I mean, guys, last year, Carolina was abysmal on the offensive side for 10 of 12 games. Spencer Rattler threw six games, or excuse me, six touchdowns in that Tennessee game. That was more than he threw in the entire month of October last year. So winning, not just winning, but how you win is very important. And the bottom line is this. The product at Tennessee has been much more appealing 
much more attractive than the product at South Carolina, even though those two teams have been winning at, I would say, a similar clip. And even the Gamecocks beating Tennessee last year. But people look at Tennessee and say, high-flying offense, great quarterback with a good arm. He's going to put up big numbers. Josh Heupel's system. When they look at South Carolina, yes, Beamer ball, but hanging your hat on we win games because of turnover margin and special teams, it's not as attractive, it's not as appealing, it's not as sexy as the way Tennessee is winning. That's why they are getting more hype. That's it. That's why. Because how you win and lose matters. And to Coleman's point, whether you win seven or you win eight this year and you're averaging that, whatever, nobody's going to be happy if the offense stinks. Nobody. If you go seven and five and the offense is scoring 40 a game, well, that's one thing, right? Right? That's one thing. I think people can hang their hat on that and be excited about the future of your program because you're scoring a lot of points. The product is fun to watch. If you go eight and four, but you're winning games, turnover margin, defense, special teams, I think you'd be happy, but like, it's... (laughs) What's your upside with that style of play? So that's why figuring out the offensive side is so important for Beamer, man. And we talked about it. And it's going to be something we continue to harp on as we go in the season. And everybody knows this. This Dowell Loggins hire is huge, man. This this Dowell Loggins hire is massive. It's absolutely massive. And Ethan says, if we didn't have Beamer Ball last year, would we have gone to a bowl game? I I mean, I think we'd have been six and six. I, I don't know. It's tough to say that, Ethan, because Beamer Ball was such a big part of what we did. It, it was. It was such a big part. I mean, I would say Tennessee was the one game where just the offense completely took over. But, I mean, even Georgia State, you go back to the very beginning. I mean, Georgia State, do you win that game without the block punts? It's probably – I mean, you might, but it's a one-possession game. Brendan says this. You know what a fluke offense looks like? 2021 versus Florida and North Carolina, just some random offensive explosions. I'll come back to that, Brennan, in just a second. He says, 2022 Tennessee wasn't a fluke when it corresponded with the unofficial firing of Marcus Satterfield. He says, Tennessee's also getting more hype because they're Tennessee. I mean, I'd agree with you, Brendan. I would agree with you that uh, Tennessee is always going to get more hype because of what they've done as a program over their history. He said, because of stuff that happened when Bill Clinton was president, if they had the turnovers and special teams, they'd still be getting the hype. I don't disagree with you, Brandon. Brandon, you speak on this as if it's some knock or people. A program like Tennessee, a program like Florida, they're always going to get more benefit of the doubt than South Carolina forever and ever. Until the Gamecocks win a national championship or, God forbid, just even win an SEC championship. A program like Tennessee is going to get more respect more hype, and more credit than Carolina. And I can't even say it's unfair. I cannot say that's unfair. Why are people sleeping on us? Why is no one picking us to go 9-3 and three or 10-2? and two? Guys, do you realize how rare 9-10 and 10 win seasons have been at South Carolina? Do you realize Carolina's only won 10 or more games, what, four times in their history? In their entire history. Four. Why would anybody pick Carolina to win 10 games? Odds are pretty good it ain't going to happen. You got 1984 Black Magic, 10, or excuse me, 11, 12, and 13. Four times that's happened. Guys, Carolina's only won eight or more games 
15 times. 15. They've been playing football for over 100 years. Over 100 years. I'm going to give you some stats. We just had our guy Pete Futak on this morning. Really good stuff from Pete. This right here will give you some uh, some perspective. Let me just put it that way. This will give you some perspective. There is a reason last year I was harping on, enjoy these wins, guys. It's guaranteed you'll be miserable in the defeats. Just enjoy the wins when you can get them. Enjoy going eight and four. God forbid if you touch nine and three. And if you go 10 and two or better, I mean, my God, it's one of the greatest seasons in school history. But eight and four is a great year at South Carolina. Let me give you some perspective why. Carolina has gone eight and four better or won eight games or more in a season 15 times in 115 years of football. Just to compare that to some other schools, Alabama's done it 67 times. Tennessee has done it 58 times. Georgia's done it 50 times, and Florida's done it 41 times. Guys, I hate to even say this. The Vanderbilt Commodores, yes, Vanderbilt, has done it 18 times. Carolina's done it 15 times. So I think that'll give you some perspective into what they accomplished last year, what Shane Beamer did. And why, if you can go eight and four or better this year, it would be a massive achievement because all of a sudden now you're setting eight wins as the floor. But let's keep things in perspective when we're talking Carolina football and why they don't get the respect and the credit and the benefit of the doubt. Well, those reasons I just gave you, those statistics I just read off, that's why. Because over the course of history, this program has disappointed more than it has overachieved by a wide margin, very wide margin. The Gamecocks can change that narrative. The Gamecocks can change that mindset around the program. But it's going to take time, and it's going to take winning, and it's going to take Shane Beamer stacking these eight or nine or so win seasons on top of each other. Why it's so important to get back to eight this year. You slip back to six and six, same old, same old Carolina football. Here we go again. That's the way it'll be viewed by folks on the outside. Fair, unfair, what have you. Carolina will just not get the respect until they start putting together eight or nine win seasons on a year-in, year-out basis. Do that over the course of a decade, you'll be shocked at the type of respect South Carolina football will get. But until that happens, until that happens, there you go. There you go. So... Jeremy Wardell says, hard to be negative about our football team coming off the must-champ years, with the exception of being losing every year to a sorry-ass Mizzou team. i tell you this, man. I don't think Mizzou's going to be great by any means, but they're going to be right there with South Carolina, kind of middle of the pack. Um, they return like 90, something crazy, like 90% of their production on defense. They added, uh, who did they add? They added Trajan Jeffcoat, right, from the transfer portal, which is a guy that we wanted. Um, Should have gotten, really. But anyways, they added him. They're going to be they're going to be nasty on defense. They're going to be really good on defense. I don't know at all about their offense. Brady Cook, we'll do our full opponent preview series later this summer. And we're going to get guys from those teams. Oh, they lost Jeffco. That's right. Jeffco went to Arkansas, not the other way around. That's right. Okay. I was thinking Arkansas to Mizzou, not Mizzou to Arkansas. They lost Jeffco. 
Either way, though, they return a lot on defense. Um, back to your comment, though, Brennan, if you bring up something great. And this is why I still want you guys commenting on the show, by the way, because even because during the first hour, when I've got my topics and stuff, there might be things you guys comment that inspire me to bring up or talk about something else. Brennan says, you know what a fluke offense looks like? 2021 versus Florida and UNC. Here's what scares me. I know Marcus Satterfield's gone. That was the first step. Here's what scares me about, or here's where my concerns come into play when I look at this offense coming into this year. Besides the fact the offensive line's a question mark, besides the fact you don't have a true RB1, and besides the fact you lost pretty much all of your top pass catchers outside of Juice Wells. Also outside of the fact of Spencer Rattler, his consistency, which version of him will you get? Here's what concerns me. All we heard last offseason was, man, look at that offense in the North Carolina game. That's what it's going to look like every week, man. We're going to be high-flying, going down the field. I heard that all offseason last year. <laughs> Fast forward a year later, here we are. That Tennessee game, man, that's what the offense is going to look like, man. Every week it's going to be the Tennessee game, man. We're going to throw it down the field. We're going to... Will it actually look like that? Is it actually going to look like that? It doesn't always... It it never seems to work out that easily, right? It's, it's never that simple. Oh, we're just going to copy everything we did in the last two games, last three games... We're going to score 40 a game. It never seems to work out that way. As much as we'd like it to, it never does. I'm just saying. I hope that's the case. I really do. I hope that's the case. But was that an anomaly? Uh, I can't even say the word anomaly. Was that an anomaly or will that be who we are? Will Hall, what's going on? Did we figure out the two transfers while I was figuring out my name issue? Yes, Will. How have we gone this far without talking about these guys? I'm assuming the other one you're talking about is the UNC Charlotte offensive lineman, maybe. But the big one yesterday, Jotius Gear. And I should know what his name is because I messed it up like three times on social media. Jotius Gear coming over from Syracuse. He hails from Anderson. South Carolina, a big pickup for the Gamecocks at a position of need at the edge spot. He played at Belton Honea Path High School. He measures six foot six, 233 pounds. 12 starts in his collegiate career. And you look at what he did last year for the Orange. You look at what he did last year, the stats were really, really, really impressive. I can get them pulled up here. Uh, 33 total tackles a season ago. Six and a half tackles for loss. And three and a half sacks for gear. So you think to yourself, a huge upgrade at a position of need. And I would assume gear is going to be a guy who starts immediately. Day one starter for the Gamecocks, a huge pickup for sure. Um, and just to give you some comparisons, should I even mention it? Should I even mention the name Jordan Birch here? Some of you have said he's coming back. I think that's just a running joke. <clears throat> I don't see it happen, but you think about it. Three and a half sacks last year for gear. Jordan Birch had three and a half 
I believe, career sacks. So you think about what you're doing. I mean, either way, you had a you had a hole that Jordan Birch, his departure left. You fill that, I think, with an equal, if not better, player in Jatius Gear. So exciting stuff. A big pickup, no doubt. Matthew Calvert, the BHP. Indeed, the BHP. My dude who lives in Anderson also, he went to BHP. So, he went to BHP. We do, Kemper, need that Notre Dame running back. By the way, uh, Kemper and all the other Greenville Gamecocks, hope y'all had a blast at the uh, Welcome Home event last night. Hope y'all had a good time at the Welcome Home event. Anyways, guys, we've entered our second hour. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Honeyopath is that it? Honeyopath? It's not honeyopath. It's honeyopath. Okay. Very good. Anyways, guys, uh, really exciting stuff on this Friday. Of course, Yardcocks taking on Arkansas. That game will start at 7.30 tonight, 7 o'clock first pitch tomorrow, and then 3 o'clock on Sunday. And then we'll go live Sunday night to record the podcast. Uh, we'll go live to record the podcast, which is part of our changes, right? In season, whether it be baseball or when football season gets here. So basically, we're not going to do this in the summer. There will not be a Sunday night live stream in the summer. All the Sunday night live stream will be is, again, you guys can just tune in live while I record the podcast. That's going to be a little bit different because I'll admit it, there's times where I mess up on the podcast that I edit out that there will be no more of that. If I mess up, you guys are going to witness the mess up live. But I think, I don't know, there's a different vibe when you're creating content and doing it live. And I think it's actually going to help me. I think it's going to help the podcast. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm just, I click record and I'm recording the podcast and like, I just like, uh, like kind of get crazy with it. I, I don't know. I just kind of, I almost get over amped, if you will. I, I think doing the live, it, it helps me out for some reason. I don't know what it is. It makes me realize it's it's much more conversational than me just trying to carry a show by myself, if that makes sense. I don't know. We'll see how it goes either way. The joy is in the journey, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget it. Coleman Hall says this. I think the way you win matters more than actual sheer win numbers, within reason, of course. Look at Muschamp's best seasons at Florida and South Carolina. Nobody doubts the wins, but they're all unsustainable, and those teams were subject to losses because a lot of those teams were winning by close margins due to bad offense. I mean, Coleman, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's – it's, and it's one of those things, Coleman, that even if you're winning and you're winning ugly, like, your issues are still there. And at some point, they're going to come up and bite you in the rear end. Right? I mean, his tenure at Carolina is a great example. It's a great example. Year two, you win nine games. You won the Outback Bowl. But, guys, you look back at that season, that was the definition of smoke and mirrors. I mean, it really was. The turnover margin was insane, dude. You saw it in the bowl game. Michigan turns it over like five times, and you benefit from it. And you don't take anything away necessarily from that team, but, like, the question going into year three, I'll never forget, was can South Carolina, can they sustain that? Like, are you really able to hang your hat on that on a week-in, week-out basis and say, okay, we know we're going to get three or four turnovers. 
it's not always going to happen, right? That's not always going to happen. And sure enough, year three, it didn't happen. It did not happen at the rate at which it happened in year two, right? So, and some of those issues you had in year two that maybe didn't bite you in year two, they bit you in year three. So, you know, for Carolina, listen, that you got to control what you can control in regards to the turnover margin. That is limiting your own turnovers. You know, getting turnovers is one of those things where, you know, it takes skill for sure and it takes talent, but some of it's just pure luck, man. Some of it's right place, right time. Ball finds you, you know, the fumble bounces your way. Like, some of it is that. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say that it's not coaching, it's not talent, because it is. You know, great players and great teams, they force good breaks. They make their own good breaks. They don't need luck. They don't need good breaks to happen, right? They force those things to happen. It, it happens because of the talent, your preparation, et cetera. Luck is literally just when preparation meets talent. That's all it is. That's all it is. Um, but anyways, it, it's one of those things where can you really depend on it week in, week out to, to win you the ball game, right? But limiting your own turnovers, that's something this team can control. And um, stat on collegefootballnews.com that I thought was absolutely crazy, guys. And it makes sense, right? Hey, you win the turnover margin, win the turnover battle, you're going to win a lot of games. But when you put it on paper and put the numbers to it, the Gamecocks last year won and four last season when they lost the turnover battle. Seven and one when they won the turnover battle. Proof's in the pudding. If this team does not turn the football over, right, is able to stay opportunistic, ball happens, I mean, this team can win a lot of games. But it goes back to the point I think I made, I've made many times of how often is Carolina going to play their A game and have zero turnovers and, you know, how often is that going to happen? It's not going to happen every week, right? Can you win in spite of it? Can you just at least limit the turnovers? Nobody's going to go through a season with zero. We know that. But can you limit the turnovers? I mean, you think about 2013. One of the things that made them so good, look at Connor Shaw's numbers. He threw one pick that entire year. He may not have been the best quarterback in the SEC, but he was the most efficient. He didn't lose the game for South Carolina. I look at Spencer Rattler. Does he have more upside, arm strength? Maybe so. But... Spencer Rattler's greatest challenge this year is protect the football. He was abysmal at that a season ago. And he's a guy, listen, he trusts his arm. He trusts his arm. And with guys like that, defensive coordinators will lick their chops because they know, all right, he trusts his arm. He's going to throw it into coverage. We can get we, we can get the ball off this guy. He's just got to limit that, man. You don't want him to not play as his aggressive self, but you got to pick and choose your spots. You got to pick and choose your spots when you're being aggressive and you force that ball into, into coverage too many times, you trust your arm too much, well, we saw what can happen last year. We saw it. I mean, guys, if South Carolina does not win that game against Clemson at the end of the year, what's getting talked about is not Spencer Rattler's heroics. It's his interception in the red zone. Like, that type of stuff is what's getting highlighted. Guys, let's jump into a quick break on the side. We've got my good friend Mark Ryan joining the show for another electric conversation, guys. All that and more on the side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. Also, Mark Ryan going to join the show in the next couple of minutes or so as we wait for Mark. 
to come into the show. Again, thank you all so much, man, for tuning in. Really, really excited, guys, for what is happening with business, with the contents. Uh, in case you missed it, the Daily Crow going to expand. We are going rocking and rolling noon to three. Noon to three, all of next week. And moving forward, we'll be noon to three in the Daily Crow. Uh, going to be a lot of fun, guys. Also, Sunday night live streams. I don't know exactly how long those will be. Um, I would probably say 30 to 45 minutes. It's not going to be like a TDC or anything. It's literally just going to be me recording the podcast. Um, I was thinking about this, by the way. I think I'm going to pre-record an intro for like all of our clips of the podcast because I don't want to lose the, let's get it. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, we're going to lose out on the intro. We're going to lose out on the intro. I don't want to do that. Certainly, I don't want to do that. Um, What else? What else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun, though. On Sunday nights, on Sunday nights, that'll be a lot of fun um, doing the podcast live. And what what that'll serve is, We'll do the pod live, and then we'll take Q&A. So that'll serve as my, like my listener questions. That'll serve as listener questions, which will be a lot of fun. And if you guys want to leave any voicemails over the weekend, whatever, we could drop the voicemail in there, play the voicemail, what have you. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Then, of course, we'll go live normal Monday through Friday. And, guys, just a lot of exciting things happening with uh, the Big Cock Club, with merchandise, just trying to revamp everything. I, I love to reinvent myself, love to evolve, and uh, – it's always a good time. So really excited for what is in the works right now and what is happening, what is happening with TSUS and everything. Guys, we dropped our Arkansas weekend graphic this morning. We dropped our Arkansas weekend graphic. Y'all check that out. Appreciate my friend AUPPL for helping us out there. Um, believe it or not, the numbers still favor South Carolina for the weekend. But uh, obviously, the trends of late, two teams that it feels like maybe going different directions. And we talk about the challenge. I mentioned it earlier in the show, winning at Baum-Walker. Um, I mean, it just speaks for itself. It absolutely just speaks for itself. So, Again, guys, thank you all so much. It's been a fantastic week, by the way. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you for tuning in. All the comments, all the commentary, all of the banter. And I also appreciate our guests that on a day-in, day-out basis come on to this show, of course, today. We've got Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. He hosts Offsides with Mark Ryan, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7. And he joins us now. Mark, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Listen, man, you can never call me a Gamecock hater wearing this color. Do you see this color that I have <laughs> on here today? Look at the socks here, Chris. I love Look it. I love it. You see the socks, you see the shirts. Who could in their right mind ever call me a Gamecock hater dressed like this? Mm. I love it. I love it, man. It looks good on you. By the way, I want to highlight this comment. Bruin Nation says, uh, Mark, thanks for unblocking me on Twitter. I'm officially off the shit list. So I saw you went on a bit of an unblocking spree. Congratulations, my friend. Hey, listen, man, I believe everybody deserves a second <laughs> chance. Okay. I'll, I'll have you know that since I did that, Chris, not a single person has gotten reblocked yet. Okay. Love that. But like, you know, it's just a second chance. The policy is still the same. Um, and I think, Chris, what people, a misconception about you or I, and, you know, it's, it's become like in vogue to brag when somebody blocks you. Like, I don't really get that. You know, I don't really get very hey, weird. Mark Ryan very blocked weird. me. Like, very this weird. is amazing. 
No, it doesn't mean you got to us. It means that you've lost the privilege of our content, right? Like it's that's what that's what it means. Um, and it's not that an insult offends you or I, Chris. Give me a break. We get insults every single day. It doesn't offend us. It just means if you cross the line, you've lost the privilege of our content. So I give everybody a second chance, Chris. My policy is going to be you insult, you're blocked, or if you just are habitually arguing, like you're targeting my content to just argue. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Incessantly, every single time. I love constructive debate. Chris, you and I have constructive debate, but we got to we got to draw the line uh, somewhere on that stuff, man. So, yeah, everyone, brand new fresh start. Bruin, congratulations. Second lease on life for you, my friend. Uh, let's make the most of it and uh, appreciate you guys. Lynn Turner, good to see you as well. How is everybody today, man? Chris, I got to open with a question. Mm-hmm. Does Clemson yeah. have the best baseball team in the state? They're the hottest team right now, that's for sure. They are the hottest team. Um, you know, I How think hard right is now that for I, you to admit? <laughs> I mean, it, it's not hard at all because the numbers absolutely support it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, Carolina's lost six of eight. You know, Clemson's, I think they've won, what, their last five ACC series. I mean, I, I think you'd have to just be a garnet glasses blind to the truth to say that, no, South Carolina is still – I mean, you know, we know this, Mark. I've spoken on this before, like last year with Tennessee – the best team, you know, quote unquote, doesn't always win. Who's playing their best baseball at that moment, especially when you get to the postseason? Hell, we've seen it with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, the year they won the World Series, I don't think anybody would say like top to bottom they were better than the Dodgers or better than this team, that team, but they got hot and they were playing their absolute best when it mattered most. And so right now, Clemson is just playing far superior baseball to what South Carolina's playing. So right now, if they faced off in a three game series, how could you not take them to win two of three with the way they're playing and the way South Carolina's playing? The good news is this. We haven't reached the postseason yet. The final nail hasn't been put in the Gamecocks coffin. More on that in just a second. Mark, I, I wanted to get into this. I know that we've talked about this on our airwaves, but uh, it, it's always fun to go back and rehash things. I mean, why not? You've been talking a lot about 2023 expectations, your grade for – you know, records, if you will, and, and and finishes. And I want to go through what you've got for South Carolina. Again, we've talked about this before, but I just want to hear you speak on it yet again because you had letter grades associated with each finish. The goal for Carolina, you say nine and three, and we agree on these, by the way. The goal, nine and three, second in the SEC East. A successful season, eight and four, third in the East. A disappointing season, seven and five. A failure of a season, obviously six and six or worse. Talk about the grades you associated with each of those finishes and, and just 
why? What's your what's your thought process? Your line of thinking with each? Yeah, Chris. No, I, I think um, you know we all have to set goals in our lives. By the way, you enjoy the wife's pink flowers behind me here. Very, very, very masculine. Very, very masculine that, behind man. us. Behind that. us here, Chris. Um, so we all set goals, but you can still have success if you don't achieve your goal because you're setting a lofty goal. For the Gamecocks, 9-3 and three in the SEC, given where they've been, is a lofty goal, Chris. If you hit the goal, that has to be the goal. Because you finished 8-4 and four a year ago, you don't, your goal isn't to be better than you were last year. Give me a break. Who the hell sets a standard that their goal is to be the same as they were a year ago? You know, Diesel, our show uh, set the engagement and download record for our station's history last year. And Diesel and I looked at the number that we had and we said, the goal next year is to increase that by 50%, right? If we hit that goal, we've had an A. If we don't hit the goal this year, um, that doesn't mean like we, we had a bad year, you know, we could still have success and not hit that goal. Um, you know, but like when you're, when you're setting the bar and you're resetting the bar, you, you keep setting the bar higher, right? We're, we're pushing the envelope of what possible is. So I think the goal for the Gamecocks has got to be nine and three. If they reach nine and three, which is doable, that that mark is an A. Um, if they hit the mark of last year, eight and four, that would also be a success in my mind, because then you you have reestablished what the bar is at South Carolina. This is no longer a five to seven win team year in and year out. You now have back-to-back eight-win seasons in the most difficult conference in all of college football. So that would be a success. That would be a B. If you take a step back from where you were, right, if you take a step back from where you were um, with the fact that you have Spencer Rattler coming back and you ousted the offensive coordinator who was, was apparently the problem, according to Gamecock fans and Chris Phillips, Marcus Satterfield was the problem. That would, I mean, would that not be disappointing? Would seven and five not be disappointing? And then six and six to me, given all of the positive energy around the program, would be a failure. Obviously, anything below six and six, also a failure. Do you guys think, I mean, is that a fair grading scale for where South Carolina um, is today? Chris, you know, like we've got to move on as fan bases from divining success and failure based on what Vegas says. We've got to, we got to move above and beyond that, right? Because like there are teams that have an over or under of one and a half wins. You mean to tell me they go two and 10, that's a successful year? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like Vegas well, doesn't determine what success or failure is. Well, and, and I want to determine that. Right. I wanted to get to that with you next, Mark, because I saw you had Kelly Ford on your show yesterday. I was actually tuned in live while I was on the road. Great job, by the way, in that conversation. Thanks, bud. But um, I, I wanted to get to that because we're obviously in like we're we're in win total season, right? When when Caesars and FanDuel and DraftKings and everybody starts dropping their over under win totals for all these teams across college football. And I've heard you say several times that you think the Gamecocks are one of the most underrated teams in college football heading in the 2023 season. And it's what's really interesting to me, Mark, is, is the way that the hype train has sort of lost steam on South Carolina and the way the computers feel about the Gamecocks. The computers hate Carolina. 
I mean, they hate him. You talk to Kelly Ford. We've seen the ESPN FBI. Favored in four games? 5.8 and 6.2 is like your final, or whatever the hell it is. It was what, five, like the, ESPN has the Gamecocks winning 5.5 games. Kelly ins- Ford right. has them winning 5.7 games. Right. You know? So I know you don't agree with it. My And the over-under win totals are like six, seven. My question to you is this. There's obviously a major discrepancy between like what you think and also what others think. I mean, we're seeing the Gamecocks top 25 preseason, ranked 20th, whatever. Why do you think there's such a huge discrepancy? Is it because is South Carolina really just that slept on? Or is there something that we are not seeing that the computers and Vegas are seeing? Like, what do you think is more likely? You know... I, I feel like, Chris, honestly, I'm going to give a tip of the cap to you and I and your your Spurs Up show listeners here. I think we're more knowledgeable than the metrics, okay? We understand the Shane Beamer effect. The metrics do not. Chris, you know, uh, ESPN, and I want to say this here, okay? Then it's going to just disappear into the ether and no one can hold this against me, okay? Uh, I'm going to say this here. And whenever Gamecock fans are jumping on me in the fall after the Gamecocks trounce Florida, I want all of your good Spurs Up show listeners to jump to my defense here because you heard me say it here on May 12th. The ESPN and uh, Kelly Ford's model have the Gamecocks as a 40 and 41% chance, respectively, to beat Florida. That is a bleeping joke, okay? South Carolina gets the Gators at home. South Carolina's coming off a bye. Why the hell does South Carolina take a bye before Florida every single year? As if Florida deserves you taking a bye before them, as if you need a bye to beat Florida right now. Guys, I actually think my alma mater, the Florida Gators, bottoms out this year. Okay? And I think bottoming out in life sometimes isn't the worst thing. It doesn't mean Billy Napier's not the guy. He might be the guy. He might not be the guy. I just don't think the roster with the rent a quarterback through the transfer portal for one year of Graham Mertz, I don't think that wins in the SEC. I'd put the Gamecocks right now, Chris, is 75% to beat Florida in that game. And then you look at some of the other odds, 38% to beat Missouri. Like, is this like, oh, but they never went at Missouri. But those are years ago. What does that have to do with this year? 38% chance to beat Missouri. 50% chance to beat Mississippi State without Mike Leach, rest in peace, at home. I just don't agree with these numbers, Chris. Like, I I don't agree with them at all. I could easily make the Gamecocks a favorite in six of those 12 games, um, and then I would say three of the remaining six are easily winnable. You know, you can't tell me that Clemson at home isn't winnable when you won on the road just last year. How is that not winnable? No Brian Brzee, no Miles Murphy. How is that not a winnable game? Of course it's a winnable game. I think you make great points, Mark. And I'll ask you this. The fact of the matter still remains. The numbers are six, six and a half from Vegas. Normally I ask people if the Gamecocks are going to overachieve or hit nine or ten wins, what has to click. I'll ask you, if Vegas is proved right and the FPI, Kelly Ford's proved right, what fell short for South Carolina that held them back from even meeting the expectation to have a successful season in 2023? 
Spencer Rattler reverts to early season Spencer Rattler form. The defense is still, um, you know, in the bottom, bottom 20 in the country in terms of stopping the run. And the new additions on the defensive line are not pressuring the quarterback. So, fail, you know, it's, it essentially comes down to, in my opinion, the defensive line and Spencer Rattler. You know, what Spencer Rattler are we going to get? Last year, as you know, Chris, it was Forrest Gump's box of chocolates with him, right? We discussed this. You never knew what you were going to get, and then he flipped a switch at the end of the year. Is there a learning curve with this new offense? Does he start out as Spencer Rattler again? That's not a bad Spencer Rattler again. That's not an indictment on him. You know, he's got a brand new, he's got a brand new system. And then, you know, you, you factor in the losses on the offensive line. You factor in getting strong back. Uh, tra- transfer, uh, you know, you add some transfers on that line. What is that line going to be? It's hard for me to see, Chris. We, we highlighted that the Gamecocks were the only team in college football last year, and this is a testament to what Shane Beamer has done, that were not ranked in the top 100 in rush offense and rush defense and had a winning record. Like, that, Chris, having a winning record with those stats is an exercise in impossibility. And Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks pulled it off. Like, how do you even do that? I don't know how you I don't know how you succeed with that, but suffice to say, Chris, whereas those results were an outlier, I don't think you can duplicate that again. Right. I don't think you can be not in the outside the top 100 in rushing offense outside the top 100 in rushing defense and put it put together a winning season. So Rattler running game defensive line. It comes down to that to me. I just you know, Chris, think about this for a minute. Game in Columbia, Gamecocks off of a bye, Graham Mertz against Spencer Rattler. Like, how do you, how do you, how does anyone say Florida's a favorite in that game? There are many games on the schedule, I'll admit, Mark, that I'm more worried about than the Florida game, I, I will say. But, but, I'm not trying to tease, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to tease anything for later this summer because I'll lock in my, in my opinion, my quote unquote most important game. That Florida game has come more into vision than I expected just because of when I look at most important game, I look at like what's the game you, for example, you've laid out. What's a successful season? What's the goal? What's the game you can't lose and get to a successful season or the goal? I think you could say Florida's one of them. Like you have to take advantage of a down Florida. You you have to because they're not going to be down forever, right? Like you, you need to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Mark, I, think, I haven't. I think Chris, yeah, it's North Carolina. And I, I know North most Carolina, will say that. Yeah, most I, will I say think, that. And remember, was it 2019 or 2020? They opened with North Carolina. 19. And that, 19 that was the that was the Will Muschamp the, rant. Yes. Yeah, fire Will Muschamp. I remember that. How could we forget? But Chris, that had forget? the same vibe. It was like if South Carolina is going to achieve anything in line with what they want to achieve, they've got to win that game. And I think, Chris, you know, North Carolina is probably not on the medal stand in the ACC this year. They're probably not team one, two, or three. If the Gamecocks can't beat the fourth best team in the ACC, it does not bode well, in my opinion, for the rest of the season. That's going to be one of those that you look back at at the end of the year with a win that got you off and running. Mm -hmm. You're not going to beat North Carolina, in my opinion, and then lose to Mississippi State's. You're not going to beat Drake May 
on a neutral field and then lose to Florida at home. That doesn't even make any sense to me, right? So I, I think that game to me is going to be the table setter for the entire year. And I think you make great points, and I hadn't really thought about it in comparison to the 19 season, but you are right in a lot of different ways. I think this North Carolina team is better than that one because sure. that UNC team had a freshman, Sam Howell, who turned out to be pretty damn good. First-year head coach, Mac Brown. But you're right, that South Carolina team, you know, that 19 team with a veteran, Jake Bentley, and you had Tavian Feaster playing running back, and you had Shai Smith, and I think Brian Edwards was still there on that team. Um, you had a bunch of pieces, but you were right. That UNC loss – as was evidenced by my post-game rant, it just threw the season completely off the tracks. And this UNC game could maybe, you know, I, I don't want to overstate it, right, or overvalue it, but it could serve as that same thing, especially when you think about what you start with. I mean, you lose to UNC, and one in four becomes a very realistic start, which, again, of course, would throw your season completely sideways. I, you know, Mark, I know you talked about this. Admittedly, I haven't been able to listen the, to the entire clip but uh, commentary on Shane Beamer. And you guys have got a clip on thefanupstate.com. Highly suggest you guys go check it out. Uh, what will it take for Shane Beamer to be the GOAT at South Carolina? I'm going to go back and listen to this, Mark, but I'm curious. Just let me know, what was that conversation like and what are your thoughts? And do you think Shane Beamer realistically can surpass Steve Spurrier and become the GOAT at South Carolina? Can he? Absolutely. Will he? Diesel, my producer, says yes. I say no, but it's not because it's an impossibility. I just, I don't know yet. I can't in good conscience, Chris, put Shane Beamer as a coach above the greatness of Steve Spurrier at this point. I just haven't seen enough. Chris, you know, when people say to me, Mark, you got to, you know, you got to handle the Gamecock fans with kid gloves because they've been kicked a lot. When people say that to me, then you go back and look at the history, Chris. You understand the reason for the inferiority complex. And it annoys me about as much as it annoys Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer comes out and says, man, I'm sick and tired of everyone waiting for the other shoe to fall here. Everyone's always waiting for the dark cloud and the storm to come around here. And it's because, Chris, when you go back and you look at the history of this program, man, I'm about to drop a stat on your program. You wearing socks, Chris? I'm about to blow them off, okay? In the last 80 years, you've had four coaches that left the school that ended their tenure with a winning record. Four. In the last 80 years, Chris, no wonder the Gamecocks are angry. No wonder they want to fight. No wonder they lead the nation in ejections from Williams-Brice Stadium. You guys have been kicked a lot. Four coaches in the, in the last 80 years, ended with a winning record, okay? Now, Spurrier is the only one with a winning percentage over 600. To put that into perspective, elite coaches in college football win at an 800 clip. Really good coaches win at a 700 clip. Depending on where your expectation is as a program, at Florida, Dan Mullen was fired with a winning percentage, Chris, of 693. Steve Spurrier's winning percentage at South Carolina was 637. Dan Mullen was fired for 693. So when Shane Beamer comes out and says, I'm tired of everyone waiting for the storm cloud to drop here, this is what he's talking about. It's not like the bar is set crazy high, uh, you know, to, to, to beat. Now, what does Beamer have to do to beat him? Well, 
you know, he has the SEC championship game berth. We won't remind you guys what happened in the game when South Carolina played in that championship game. Okay. Three double-digit win seasons and five bowl wins and the 637 winning percentage coached at South Carolina for the better part of 11 seasons, right? That's the bar. I'm not willing to put Beamer at the greatness level of Spurrier yet, but the last 80 years, Chris, he's number three right now in winning percentage. At 577, Morrison is above him at 582, and then Spurrier is at 637. It is imminently possible for for Beamer to beat what Spurrier did at South Carolina. Very, very possible. And as a matter of fact, I bet you Beamer himself would tell you that that's a pretty low bar, that a 637 winning percentage is a low bar. Never forget, Gamecock fans, never forget this. If you take one thing away from this hit today, have it be this. Ultimately, you will be a reflection of what you accept as a fan base. If you want to stop accepting crap, stop accepting crap. You know, the thing that depressed me the most, Chris, when I first moved here was I had people telling me, we can't fire Muschamp after three years. He has the most wins ever after three years. Uh, He's won 23 games after three years. He's not the right guy for the job. Uh, I don't care that it's the most wins ever. Up your expectations. And instead, people were saying, up yours, Mark Ryan. You know, but but like Chris, you up your expectations and you up your results, and that's what that's what you do. You know, six thirty-seven winning percentage should not be the standard at South Carolina when six ninety-three at Florida gets Dan Mullen fired. You catch my drift? I think it makes complete sense, and it goes back also. By the way, I don't know if you saw, we had Brad Lawing on the show, who coached at Florida, by the way, coached defensive line under Will Muschamp, and he told me that uh, he was talking about coaching, but I think this applies to everything. If you don't demand a lot, you don't get a lot. But if you do demand a lot, it's more possible you will get a lot. So to your point about expectations and demanding more. What do you think, Chris? I mean, what do you think? Do you think, you know, like we've had a lot of people say that South Carolina may have found their Dabo with Beamer. uh, And that means personality-wise, success-wise, but also lifer-wise. Dabo has been a Clemson lifer. Beamer seems like he's saying all the right things in terms of wanting to be a Gamecock lifer. If that is the case, if Beamer does have double-digit seasons in store in Columbia, is your prediction that he surpasses what Spurrier did there? I think in order to do that and to get South Carolina to those type of heights and for Beamer to be South Carolina's Dabo, if you will, you have to have someone that has a relentless belief in what South Carolina can be and not what it's almost been. Almost a delusional belief, if you will. I mean, I, I think of this applying to to business. I mean, who would have thought five years ago, I, you know, people talk about unrealistic. I'm like, you know what's unrealistic? Starting a podcast and making a full-on legitimate business out of it. And that's what we've done, right? So, like, there are things that are they're, – they're, it's crazy until it isn't, right? Until it happens – And so you can look at the South Carolina job and the program the same way. I mean, if you look at history, the history is never going to support the argument. They've only won eight or more games, Mark, 15 times in their history. Vanderbilt has won eight or more games 18 times. Just to give you some perspective. Ten or more wins four times in program history. 1984, 11-12-13. Like, the history does not support the argument. So you have to have a guy like Shane Beamer – 
who has a relentless and almost delusional belief that South Carolina can be an upper echelon program. So if there's anybody that I think is going to do it at South Carolina or at least get them to a point of unprecedented, consistent success, I'm not even talking about winning the national championship or being in the playoff every year. I'm just talking about getting even marked to a 9-10 win per year clip where, like, getting to the playoff is even a realistic thing. I think the playoff expanding to 12 teams is going to benefit a team like South kind of greatly where, you know, maybe winning the SEC, is it realistic? Maybe not, but getting to the playoff is because a 10-2 and SEC team is going to get there, right? So that all of a sudden brings a team like the Gamecocks in play. So to answer your question, yes. I, I think Beamer at the end of his tenure can be considered better than Spurrier because of the longevity of his program and the consistency. Now he's got to win, right? I mean, that just has to happen on the field, and that's almost something that – we can't really predict, but the history of this program will, will not support the argument. But I, I do think Beamer can be, yes, South Carolina's version of Dabo Sweeney, be a lifer. Let me phrase it differently since I, I don't want to throw Dabo in here. He can be South Carolina's version of Frank Beamer for Virginia Tech. That's what 100%. I think Shane can be. No, 100%, man. And honestly, when, you know, fourth place in Beamer in the SEC East, Beamer's year one, third place in year two, Frankly, I find some of the analysis, Chris, insulting on the Gamecocks, and I, I think your your listeners probably do as well. Um, to to for anyone to ascertain that the Gamecocks are below, all right, Florida, Missouri, or Vanderbilt is to make an ass of themselves. Okay, I mean, just just being as honest as can be. Then you look at the other teams that would be ahead of game the Gamecocks in the East. Georgia, obviously. Kentucky without Will Levis. Do you know that Kentucky without Will Levis is better than South Carolina with Rattler? Really? Then you know something I don't know. Do you know that Tennessee without Hooker, Tillman, and Hyatt is better than South Carolina with Rattler? Really? Then you know something that I don't know. Where is this coming from? See see what I'm saying? So I just don't, I, I feel like it's, People are looking at South Carolina the same way they always have. Well, this is where we normally slot South Carolina. So this is where we're going to slot them again. And it's just a bunch of BS, man. I mean, I I think Beamer is in the process of reestablishing what the bar is. And it's it's in a higher place than it's been since the Spurrier era. And I think you're you're right, Mark. And I think everything you just said reemphasizes why, and to your point, everything you've said about year three, why it's important, why it's pivotal, because it is, because to support everything you just said and support this argument, you got to go out on the field and prove it and go win eight or more games, flat out. You just have to. You got to. Uh, Anyways, Mark, been a fantastic conversation. Of course, before we get you out of here, thoughts on what's happening on the diamond right now. You mentioned it, obviously. Clemson's going one way. South Carolina's going another. A huge opportunity this weekend in Fayetteville, Arkansas, but the Gamecocks shaking things up with their starting rotation. They're getting a lot of their lineup back from injury, so I think that will help. But I guess my request to you, Mark, is this. Eric Backage came on your show, and they've had a lot of success since. So maybe get Mark Kingston to have an appearance? Maybe? I don't know. Just throwing it listen, out. Listen, uh, you know, <laughs> Shane Beamer, Mark Kingston, uh, if you guys want success, you need the offsides bump. Clemson baseball. The offsides bump. I love that. Yeah. Clemson, Clemson baseball was 15 and 13 before Eric Backage came on our show on April 3rd. 
They've been 18 and four since. Coincidence? I think not. But I will tell you this, Chris. If you go back and you look at the last five World Series champions in Major League Baseball, they've all had a pretty sizable slump. Okay. Um, Washington, a few years ago, started their season 16 and 27 and won the World Series. Okay. Um, the Yankees, some year, years back, had a 40 game stretch in which they were 10 games under 500. Okay. In a 40 game stretch. So sometimes if you hit a lull in your season, sometimes, Chris, in our content, we hit a lull, we need to snap out of it, right? Um, I do not bury the Gamecocks in any way, shape, or form. They could be refreshing themselves, pressing the reset button for their stretch run. If you were going to, ha- if you were going to handpick a time, because every team has a lull, right? If you were going to handpick a time to have a lull, this is exactly when you do it. Okay, catch your breath, press reset, and then LFG the rest of the way right? This is exactly when you do it. This isn't abnormal. You're not, we're not reassessing the goals of the team. Make the college world series and the season is a success. Fail to make the college baseball world series and the season was a disappointment. The talent is on this roster to maintain that expectation. Mark Ryan of the fan upstate offsides of Mark Ryan every single day, three to seven, check him out. The fan upstate Mark, I appreciate you, man. Electric conversation as always. Hey, guys. Thank you so much, Chris. Great stuff. Uh, Chris and I collaborate together quite a bit. I truly appreciate all you do, Chris. Invite you guys to uh, send me a follow on Twitter if you would be so kind. At Mark Ryan on air. That's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air. And I think what you'll find is I'm far more objective about the Gamecocks than the reputation would attest. (laughs) I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Okay, have a great weekend. Mark and the man. Take care, my friend. Appreciate it. Great stuff, truly. That was an electric conversation with Mark Ryan, guys. We'll jump into one final break. On the other side, we'll close out this show in style as we head into the weekend. I'm going to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final seven minutes or so here in The Daily Crow, taking your questions, your comments, and your calls as we close out heading into this weekend. First thing I want to say... Thank you to Mark Ryan, an electric conversation with our good friend Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Again, guys, social media is a crazy place. Twitter's toxic. And I know Mark Ryan gets a bad rap, but I always enjoy our conversations. I think his banter, I think his commentary is, again, absolutely electric. And I appreciate Mark taking the time to chat each and every single week. By the way, guys, Mark will continue to join us on Wednesdays, but it'll be at 1.15. 1.15 now instead of 12.15. 1.15 is when Mark Ryan will join the show. So anyways, really excited, guys, to go into the weekend. Uh, Gamecocks taking on Arkansas at Baum Walker Stadium. Should be a great series. Great weekend. A lot of fun. A lot of fun for sure. Lots of fun. For sure. Caesars dropping their uh, their numbers today. Gamecocks are plus 10,000 to win the SEC championship. Plus 10,000. How do you feel about that? My guy Dale from East Tennessee. 
He says, hey, it's Dale. Get you a big gulp from 7-Eleven. Thank you, Dale. You're the man. Thank you, sir. I will go get me a big gulp today, my friend. I'll go get me a big gulp today. How about Dale? Love Dale. Appreciate Dale. BDD. BDD out. BDD out. Guys, how about Circus Sports dropped college baseball lines? Don't see that a whole lot. South Carolina is plus 130 to win tonight's game. Brandon makes this point. If Beamer wins eight games this year, he'd have the most wins in his first three years. Again, we see Dale from East Tennessee. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate you. Uh, Yeah, yeah. All it takes, Brandon, is eight wins for Shane Beamer. Eight wins this season for Shane Beamer to have the most wins in school history after three seasons. Do you think he'll hit that mark? I guess the question just, do you think South Carolina is going to win eight games this year? Whether it be eight with a bowl win or without it, did the Gamecocks hit eight wins? That's that's really just all the question comes down to. That's all it boils down to. I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. The bowl games matter, right? I, I think they do. I think they do. I'm never going to sit here and tell you that a game does not matter. With that being said, how much do they matter? I think South Carolina's game against Notre Dame is like proof that not a whole lot. Because of when we talk about the 2022 season, hell, a lot of times I just say this team went eight and four. Like, I don't really even factor in what the Gamecocks did in the bowl game as like that somehow a a sign of what they're going to be this year. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just... I guess when teams are playing in bowl games, a shell of themselves, that's how we typically feel. So, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from... Justin. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? It's Chris. It's been it's been tough. It's been a tough couple of days. And, hey, Chris, we know, we know Mark is in and He's in a tough selection with the Gamecocks, is he? It's been a tough couple of days, but you got a great opportunity this weekend. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Again, just great opportunity. Great opportunity. So, we shall see if South Carolina is able to bounce back. But, uh, I mean, certainly, man, the pressure's on. Yeah, hey, Chris, when you're, when you're a baseball coach, it's hard to deal with me, is it, Chris? Hard to deal with media? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – you know, but that's something you block out, man. That's something they ignore, um, you know, as best you can, at least. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I mean, listen, no, listen, I know people are frustrated, Chris, but listen, Chris, we all want to win. At the end of the day, we all want to win the game, don't we, Chris? That's it. We all want to win, man. It's frustrating, but, I mean, listen, these guys are fighting their tails off, and you never know. We might be having a totally different conversation come uh, come Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris. Well, well, take care, my friend. Hey, Justin, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for calling in. Here I go. Go Gamecocks. Go Gamecocks. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. Guys, as we close out the show, NCAA.com dropped their field of 64 projections. So this just came out. Just came out field of 64 projections, right? Field of 64 projections. They do have Wake Forest as the number one seed. LSU is the two. 
Gamecocks hosting a regional as the 10 seed. As the 10 seed. In Carolina's regional, North Carolina as the 2 seed, Iowa as the 3, and Maine as the 4. Who is at number 11, you may ask? The Clemson Tigers. Campbell as a 2 seed, which will be a really tough draw. Georgia as a 3 seed, and Davidson as a 4 seed. Who do they just have ahead of the Gamecocks? The Florida Gators as the 9 overall seed. Arizona State, the two seed in that regional. Troy, the three, and Army, the four. So it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. A lot of fun down the stretch to just see what happens, how this thing plays out, who goes where. Um, Yeah, so. Anyways, guys, hey, we've hit two o'clock. Thank you all so much, guys. Starting Monday and next week, we'll have another hour on the airwaves. Can you believe it? We will have another hour on the show to go. Cannot wait for that. Of course, tune in the live stream, watch along all weekend long, airing exclusively on YouTube tonight at 7.30, tomorrow at 7, and Sunday at 3. Guys, thank you all so much. So many exciting things happening behind the scenes. So many exciting things for you guys, the end consumer, because TSUS would not be what it is or what we continue to grow into without your love, your support. So for that, I say thank you all so much. Go Cox, beat Arkansas. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. And we will talk to you all Tonight and all weekend long from our live stream watch along. Y'all take care. Appreciate you.